0: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. I am back home in Nashville where we had some snow on Monday and we may have some snow on Thursday. Snowzar may have to make an appearance uh, as we roll closer and closer towards the final week of the regular season in the NFL and also as we get ready for the national title game on Monday, six days hence. But I wanna start off with Joe Biden who just addressed the nation and shared things that are untrue based on the data that is in front of us right now. Uh, We have reached the point where over a million COVID cases a day are now happening. That means that nearly a year after Joe Biden took office and promised that he was going to shut down COVID, that he was not going to shut down the country or the economy, Joe Biden has fundamentally failed to shut down COVID. In fact, number of deaths under Joe Biden's administration, higher now than the number of deaths that were under Donald Trump's administration. I just want you to pause here and think for a moment with me if you would. What would be occurring right now if Donald Trump had one re-election in 2020 and we were sitting at the exact same place we are right now, a million cases a day happening, uh, people arguing that you need to get a third booster, uh, third COVID vaccine shot, Israel has already started the fourth COVID vaccine shot. What would be occurring in the nation? I'll tell you. Donald Trump would have been impeached. And Democrats would be arguing that he had failed as it pertains to helping this country to recover from COVID. The one positive from Joe Biden winning election is that we now have pretty tangible proof that a Republican or a Democrat didn't really matter in terms of driving COVID policy and that you couldn't just take the virus seriously or follow the science and everything would go away, which is what Joe Biden argued when he ran his 2020 presidential campaign from his basement in Delaware, wearing that massive mask that nearly completely covered his face. The reality is, as Dr. Scott Gottlieb said on Face the Nation, And as Dr. Lena Nguyen said on CNN, cloth masks don't work. And basically everything that we have been doing has been a lot of cosmetic theater that has had virtually no impact on the virus at all. Joe Biden just said, talking to the nation, we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's what he just said. How is that remotely possible when millions of people who have already been vaxxed, many of whom have already been boosted, are testing positive for the the, uh, COVID, right? Think about the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, right? I believe is his name. Uh, Defense Secretary Austin, if you remember the photo, he was taking the virus so seriously. He was double masked up and he was reviewing troops while wearing a face shield. He got COVID. It didn't matter that he had been double-vaxxed. It didn't matter that he had been boosted. So many politicians who were double-vaxxed and boosted as well. You can look at what happened in the NFL, in the NBA, in the NHL. Also what's happened in college football. All of these people, top athletes, politicians, whoever you want to point to, who got the COVID vaccine are still getting the COVID virus. Let me ask you this question. I got the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. Have you ever, if you're like me, and got the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, have you ever been worried whether anybody else around you had also gotten the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine? I've never, in order to enter into any establishment, in order to go to uh, any, uh, any airplane flight, in order to do anything in normal life, no one has ever asked me in my normal existence, hey, can you show me your vaccine card in order to do this activity, right? In my entire life, other than going to college, where to be fair, I do remember that they requested to see your vaccination card and confirm that you had been vaccinated. I don't really remember as an adult any point in my life where anybody has ever asked me to prove that I was vaccinated. And certainly, as a vaccinated person for those viruses, I've never looked around and been concerned about whether or not other people were also vaccinated. I've never gotten on an airplane and been like, oh my God, I hope this person sitting next to me has been vaccinated for measles. I've never in my life gone into a restaurant, sat down at a table, and thought, oh my God, I hope this person sitting close to me has been vaccinated for mumps. Do you know why? Because I've been vaccinated, I'm not going to get measles or mumps. So how is it that people who have been vaccinated twice and boosted, that people who are absolutely certain that they trusted the science and they got their COVID shot, how is it, that they are continuing to try and argue now that what we have is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. No, 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 that's not true. When millions of vaccinated people are testing positive for COVID, that's not an argument that holds any water at all. And I just want you to think, I saw a meme going around where they said, hey, the difference between a conspiracy theory and a uh, truth is about six months. I just want you to think about this. When you see someone wearing basically a hazmat suit two years into COVID to try and protect themselves from COVID, who is the person who looks more sane? The person going about their normal life, wearing their normal clothes, acting as they would have for their entire life, or the person in the hazmat suit, the person double masking with a face shield. We are allowing the anxiety ridden and people with a basic inability to comprehend data to dictate the choices that we are making as a nation. And that's why I think you need to hold people responsible in 2022. And I want to hit you with this, because right now, suddenly people are saying things that I've been telling you guys for a couple of years now and people would say, oh, you don't care about my grandma. Back in May of 2020 and June of 2020 when I was saying, hey, schools have to open. There's no data that supports that kids are being made safer by not being in school. Remember that? Anybody who's been watching this show, anybody who's been listening to me for very long, anybody who's been reading OutKick, I've been sharing this data for years now and people were fired up. They're like, you're not a doctor. Why do I have to be a doctor to look at basic scientific data and share with you what it's saying? Reading the New York Times this morning, got a lot of liberal friends, not a surprise. Bunch of them were texting me this morning. They said, wait a minute. The New York Times suddenly, after years of arguing in favor, basically of school shutdowns, lockdowns, you didn't wear a mask. You were trying to kill somebody's grandma. Headline New York Times article here by David Leonhardt. For the past two years, no way to grow up is the headline. For the past two years, subheadline: Americans have accepted more harm to children in exchange for less harm to adults. I'm reading from the New York Times right now. Uh, and here is the opening of the actual article. American children are starting 2022 in crisis. I've long been aware the pandemic was upending children's lives, but until I spent time pulling together data and reading reports, I didn't understand just how alarming the situation had become. Then he's gonna run through all of this data, which has been readily apparent for two years for anyone that was actually willing to look at it and read it. And here's what he says. The toll of pandemic shutdowns on children. Kids fell far behind in school during the first year of the pandemic and they haven't caught up. Among third through eighth graders, math and reading levels were all lower than normal this fall. The shortfalls were actually the largest for black and Hispanic students as well as kids in schools with high poverty rate. Uh, We haven't seen this kind of academic achievement crisis in living memory, Okay. Go back and read, go back and listen. Who was the person out there, very few of them, I was one of them, saying the kids are unfairly bearing the burden of the COVID shutdown and the kids that are bearing the biggest burden are the kids that can least afford it, poor and minority kids. Remember this, when Democrats try to argue, oh, we care about equity, we care about equality. The choice that was made in this country to shut down schools was the least equitable and the least equality-laden decision that will be made and made by any political group in your lifetime, probably. And do you know who made that choice? Democrats, without actually looking at the science. Many children and teenagers, not a surprise, are experiencing severe mental health problems made worse by isolation and disruption. Three medical groups have recently declared a national state of emergency in children's mental health. They have cited dramatic increases in emergency department visits for all mental health emergencies. Suicide attempts are up among boys and they have soared among girls. The number of ER visits for suspected suicide attempts by 12 to 17-year-old girls rose by 51% before lockdowns to the present day, according to the CDC. Girls, teenage girls, are killing themselves, are attempting to kill themselves, plus 50%. Gun violence has increased broadly nationwide. Uh, The most school shootings, crazily, have also increased. Many schools still haven't gone back to full-born, in-person schooling. Behavioral problems have increased across all schools. And Omicron is threatening to shut down schools. Closings are taking place in Atlanta, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Newark, and several New York City suburbs. And that's despite the fact that we know kids do not have a substantial risk from COVID. In fact, they even put in here that kids are under a greater danger driving to and from school than they are from COVID. That is pretty significant and that the mitigation measures don't actually create safety. And I'm reading directly from the New York Times because I was told, oh my God, you can't share this data. The Darren Ravel Corona Bros of the world were furious at me for saying exactly what the New York Times said this morning. Severe versions of COVID, including long COVID, are extremely rare in children. For them, the virus resembles, and this is probably even an exaggeration, but a typical flu. Kids are actually under danger more, young kids, from the seasonal flu than they are from COVID. And directly from the New York Times, children face more risk from car rides than they do from COVID. Let me repeat this, because I've been saying it for a long time. Your kid's more likely to be murdered. Your kid is more likely to drown. Your kid, is, young kid is more likely to die of the seasonal flu. Your kid is more likely to die in a car accident. The Ch- New York Times, finally, after years of not saying it, is now saying, I'm reading directly from their report this morning, children face more risk from car rides than from COVID. Again, children face more risk from car rides than from COVID. This is a big deal. It should be shouted from the rooftops. It is an important metric by which adults should be making rational decisions for the kids that we are responsible for in our lives. We have mortgaged their future based on a virus that bears them no risk whatsoever. It is the most fundamental failure, school shutdowns are, of our lives as a nation and the people who made it happen should be held accountable for that fear. You need to go vote based on holding people accountable. Don't let them try to pivot like what's going on right now with defund the police. Have you noticed how everyone now claims that they're against uh, defunding the police. Don't let people try to pivot and argue, oh, I always said kids need to be back in school. No, you didn't. No, you did not. Because on these shoulders, I bore the brunt of arguing we can play sports fa- uh, safely, we can put kids back in school. All data-based arguments. And there were very few people lining up to argue in favor, almost nobody with a blue check mark uh, beside their name was willing to put themselves out on the line and actually argue for the truth, for the data, for the science that the New York Times, two years into this absurdity, is finally arguing that they support. And by the way, people say, why do you still talk about this? Because it's not getting better. Toronto has shut down, effectively, everything in Toronto. Big city. Could New York, L.A., Chicago, Washington, D.C., could all these cities follow suit? Yeah, I think they could. Stanford. Athletic directly story here. Stanford has shut down crowds. I'm reading from the official Stanford Athletics Twitter account. Effective immediately, spectator attendance at all indoor winter events will be temporarily reduced to a limited number of student-athlete families while outdoor events will require social distancing and mask wearing for attendees. Everyone at Stanford is not only required to be vaccinated and wear masks, they're also required to be boosted. If the vaccines are gonna protect everybody, how come they're not protecting everybody? How come Stanford is having to go back to shutting down all crowds, basically, at athletic events? These are big decisions that are being made. Princeton is not allowing its students to leave the county in which Princeton is located. How come people are not asking the question, how is this possible if the vaccines work so well? Okay? These are all real questions that if we had a true media that existed to speak truth to power, they would be asking Joe Biden this. They would be asking Dr. Fauci these questions. Instead, What you usually see happening is people are saying, oh my God, you've got to shut down Clay Travis. You can't let him speak to his audience on social media, on the radio, on television, on YouTube, on his website. That's what you're hearing people say. They are not willing to look at actual data and engage in a debate over rational scientific decision-making. They are looking at all the arguments that they've made, which are 100% wrong, by the way, Rachel Maddow, queen of MSNBC, came out and said, hey, if you get the COVID vaccine, you'll never get COVID. Also said, you'll never spread COVID. Joe Biden said as recently as July, if you get the COVID vaccine, you're not gonna get COVID. It's a lie. All of that has been proven now to be a lie. If I had come on this show, or my radio show, or my TV show, Back in June or July, and I had said, hey, I think we're gonna have a million COVID cases a day in the United States, which by the way, is an undercount because so many people are testing in their homes and never going to get an official test, right? So when we say a million cases, we're talking about a million confirmed cases based on usual testing methods. We're not talking about all the millions of people who may well be positive also that are testing themselves out of home. If you think about this, if I had said this was going to happen, they would have shut down my account. I really think they would have. If I had said in July, hey, on January 4th, we're going to have a million cases a day going on in the United States. We're going to set an all-time high one year into Joe Biden's presidency. I would have gotten shut down because they would have said, you're not allowed to look at the data and say that these vaccines are going to allow that to happen. They would have shut me down. Certainly, they would have shut me down in April or May. What's happening? Everything that they told you was true. They are now shifting all of their arguments to say, oh, no, 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 we never said that the COVID vaccine would keep you, prevent you from getting COVID or spreading it. They most certainly did say that, by the way. All we said was it's gonna keep and prevent you from getting COVID and getting seriously ill if you get it but that's not true either because that's occurring all over the country as well. Again, these are important facts deserving of real discussion instead of shutdowns. A couple of stories that are much less significant. Baker Mayfield, Monday Night Football. I really feel like Baker may have played his last game as the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. If you watched last night's game, and I did, because I had the Steelers and I had the under, It's hard to argue that Baker Mayfield deserves to be the starting quarterback week one in year five with the Cleveland Browns. It just is, okay? Maybe he is going to be the starting quarterback, but based on what he did last night, it's hard to argue that he has got himself a guaranteed starting role for the Browns. And I think there's a decent argument that given the fact that they're shutting down Baker now and he's not going to play the final week of the season... I think there is a decent argument that he is no longer going to be the starting quarterback going forward for the Cleveland Browns. I'm not sure how much trade value Baker has. I think probably the the Browns on some level definitely wish they had not guaranteed him a fifth-year salary because he's going to make a lot of money next year. So I think he'll probably be on the team because I'm not sure anybody else will trade for him given what his salary is. But this is a messy situation going forward for the Cleveland Browns. Also, Big Ben played his last game. Jogged around the field, giving high fives to everyone. Roethlisberger had a very good on-the-field performance. Great season. 18 straight winning seasons uh, that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have had. Great stat for you, by the way. This came from uh, Sharp Football, Warren Sharp, and uh, Good stat that is out there. I grabbed it. Most years since they post a losing record, 18 straight winning seasons for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had a stat last night during Monday Night Football. In his entire career, Ben Roethlisberger only played two regular season games where the Pittsburgh Steelers were eliminated from making the playoffs. Two games in his entire career. Uh, nine straight years, the Kansas City Chiefs have posted a uh, winning season. Tennessee Titans, six straight years. Rams, five. Buffalo and Green Bay, three. That's it. There are only right now six teams in the NFL that have gone three or more seasons in a row without posting a losing record. Uh, New Orleans, Baltimore, and Miami still TBD, whether they're going to have a winning record or not. All of those teams are 8-8. and But what I would say about Ben Roethlisberger in general is You play long enough, if you have issues of significant, off-the-field nature in your background, people just pretend they never existed. This is what happens, right? Ray Lewis was charged with double murder. Got a statue outside of the Baltimore Ravens Stadium. Ben Roethlisberger, accused by multiple women, there were never charges that were brought, of rape not even mentioned as his career comes to a close. Kobe Bryant at the Me Too Oscars got to raise his jersey into the rafters and won an Oscar at the Me Too Oscars even though he was charged with rape. If you play long enough and if you are good enough, everything off the field that you did that might have been of a criminal nature, gets completely whitewashed, it doesn't exist anymore. Ray Lewis, Ben Roethlisberger, Kobe Bryant, I'm sure the list is much longer than that. It is pretty wild to think about. Uh, This is an awful story. Did you see that people got stuck for 12, 15, 20 hours on I-95 in Virginia after a major snowfall in the Washington, D.C. area. I went to college in Washington, D.C. I have always argued as a part of going to school in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is a southern city. The way you can guarantee that it's a southern city is how they respond to snow. It ain't much different than what happens in my hometown of Nashville, where if the snow starts to fall, you better get your butt home and stay inside of your house because otherwise you get stuck forever. There's not enough snow plows. People can't drive. There's accidents. They abandon their cars. That's what happened. That is what happened on I-95. I'm sure some of you watching this right now have friends or family. It might have even been you leaving the Washington, D.C. area. Trying to get back home. I'm glad so far it doesn't appear that anybody lost their life. But remember that viral photo of, I think it was Raleigh, North Carolina in the snowfall where there was like a major explosion and it looks like something out of an apocalyptic film. So what it looks like when it snows in a southern city. We're not ready for it. We're not prepared for it. It is an absolute disaster. And I say that as the snows are, who for years, some of you may remember, uh, covered everything associated with snowfall uh, in, uh, the, uh, in the United uh, States. I was the snow czar for Nashville. Finally, I don't know. I'm an old rich guy now. I'm 42 years old and I'm rich. I'm not Jeff Bezos rich. Almost nobody is Jeff Bezos rich, just like uh, basically Elon Musk is Jeff Bezos rich. Uh, but have you seen the photos of Jeff Bezos on the St. Bart's yacht and how ripped he has become at the age of 57, out of nowhere, Jeff Bezos, kind of this bookish guy, small, he now looks like the Incredible Hulk with his shirt off. And I'm just gonna put out an APB. I am old and rich now. I can afford the Hollywood uh, Hollywood rich guy move. Whatever they're on, can somebody let me know what they're on and then also let me know what these drug cocktails are gonna do to me in the years ahead if I get on them. Because let me tell you this. People say, all you gotta do is just go work out in the gym. You have to just uh, eat healthier. There's no way at 57 years old that you can go from a relatively skinned dude, skinny dude, to super ripped, incredible Hulk style. That just doesn't happen, right? You can't continue to produce that much muscle fiber Everybody, when they get into their 40s and certainly by the time you get into your 50s, you are losing a lot of muscle. So what is going on in Hollywood with all these guys who are in the superhero movies? What's going on in Silicon Valley with all these super rich guys who just get massively ripped? What is the secret? I'm rich. I can join the club. I'm an old rich dude. Let me know what I need to sign up for to get as super ripped as Jeff Bezos. So the next time you see me, out and uh and I'm shirtless you're gonna be like holy crap when did Clay Travis turn into the Incredible Hulk if, if, if he can do it at 57 I have to be able to do it at 42 plus remember hate to brag or draw attention to myself but you're talking about a guy who could easily rep out 225 back in the day five six times on a 225 rep not to brag pretty good for a, a old dude I've got some decent musculature I just need to rise it to the surface, Incredible Hulk style. All right, DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I love all of you. Go subscribe to the new uh, Clay and Buck podcast as we roll into 2022. I appreciate all of you. I'm going to go do the anonymous mailbag now. I'm going to solicit questions. I'm going to be doing it in the afternoon now on Tuesday as opposed uh, to in the uh, in the mornings, just too busy in the mornings with balancing everything uh, oftentimes. But I promise, going to be back in the saddle with the anonymous mailbag. Also going to start rolling out some on Friday with the uh, the Friday mailbag as well. I appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I'm Clay Travis, and this has been OutKick, the show.